0: When he's finished telling his story, I let the silence speak, and then I say, David, please don't think of us in this room as your enemies. Look into the faces, and you will see nothing but compassion. David, you're safe here. Please stay with us. Joseph is the first to speak. It's not so easy to make sense of all these stories, since I'm only picking up fragments from each one of you. I do understand that all of us are finding ourselves in challenging circumstances. Do we all think that we are victims of unfortunate circumstances or could we have made better choices when facing all these difficulties? In my case, the aircraft engine exploded and that accident had nothing to do with me or perhaps I really was careless. I escaped to what I thought would be a safe place here in the U.S., the land of freedom and happiness. If I really think about the whole situation then the truth is that I chose the job as an avionics technician and I made the decision to show up for work that day, perhaps the police knew that I had been a critic of the political corruption that I saw around me. Maybe that was the reason why I was the first suspect. Under less dramatic circumstances, back in Zaire, I would know what to do to get some help if I was in personal difficulties. I could always go to the Luba people, my tribe, and get some shelter and food. As I'm a practicing Christian, the Luba church would help me to get me on my feet, much like this place is providing shelter for me now. It seems to me that all of us in this room are struggling with various kinds of ghosts, that are occupying your hearts and minds, and each one suffers alone. None of us have a shelter, and life appears naked and raw in front of most of us. We all know that we must walk out through this door, and then what? It's hard to take responsibility for one's life when you feel that your life is worthless, and for some of you, life seems to have lost all value. When I was convinced that I was going to die, I had a visit from an evil ghost that told me that my life was over and to give it up, but the ghost is no longer with me. This shelter gives me a chance to look the ghost straight to the eyes should he come back. I'll tell him to his ugly face that I have no fear of him. I own nothing right now, but I'm bringing skills and knowledge with me. Nobody can take that away. Now I just need to find places where people can make use of my knowledge. I have heard that many people here do not think that black people can do what I can do. So that may be something that I need to overcome. Carlos seems inspired by the moment and start talking. Since I'm not very clear about all the forces that brought me on this difficult journey, I'm listening carefully to your stories. We seem to come from such different circumstances, but for some reason we all ended up here around this table. What kind of choices did I have to make in my own life? If I go back to the different crossroads, what could I have done differently that would steer me to a normal life, whatever that is? Can I be honest and look at myself without the excuses that I know all too well? Why did I experience myself as a worthless person after I had lost my wife and child? Why was there no identity of me left to help me to find a life with dignity? Was the attachment to Carmen so strong that everybody else was left out of my life, including myself? How can I find my way out of this darkness? I am hoping to get some perspectives from you all and hopefully I can be of some help in return. Joseph, you tell us that the knowledge you bring with you will open the doors to a decent life. Just now I remember that I am a pretty good plumber, and I am astounded how I have managed to forget about that. I've decided to trust you, since all of you have spoken from the place of honesty, I'm looking around the room at the symbols of suffering, sacrifice, compassion and forgiveness. This room feels very sacred to me right now, and something wants to happen that can only be for the good. The dilemma for me is to accept what you David have done to the poor man with the shoes. I want to forgive you in my heart, but it was you David who murdered an innocent person even if it was the voice who told you to kill this man for his shoes. When you describe your life, you present yourself as two people, one capable of reflecting on your actions and the other one under the slavery of your voice, your master. How can anybody understand the forces pulling you in different directions? Who is the one guilty of murder? Sorry, but this is confusing to me to my religion, and to my sense of justice. Life is so precious, and I'm thinking of Carmen and Maria, and how the flame of their sacred lives was blown out for reasons I will never understand. Kevin decides to speak. If David is a murderer, then I too am a murderer. I shot civilian Vietnamese people, sometimes in the back, when they tried to escape. I killed their animals for no reason. I murdered and maimed innocent people in gruesome ways. There are times when I'm telling myself that all that horror didn't happen, but the truth wins. Why would you accept me here after learning about what I have done? It's hard for me to really believe that you look at me with kindness, though kindness is what I see. I answered a call from the President of the United States to serve in this war when I was just too young to have any idea who I was. Do I have the right to make my bitterness into a mental fortress to hide in? Is this finger-pointing to a country that robbed me of my youth and a chance to have a decent life of no use? No matter how I try to escape, It's just too hard for me to live with this burden. How is my descent into hell a consequence of a society that has deceived me and refuses to apologize? I want an apology from the people who created the war and then forgot those of us who returned to what we thought would be home. The disinterest from the US government was thinly covered with stupid programs an empty political speech. Why is it that my life has ended up on the garbage pile of this society? How can anyone live from hand to mouth on the streets and stay proud and decent? Mother Teresa and the sisters have denounced all possessions and have gained respect from the whole world. How come she and the sisters can build an empire built on compassion? And I don't even know to begin, because of the prison I have built for myself. Kevin finishes and becomes silent as he looks up to the ceiling as if he is looking for answers. I decide to continue. Until this moment, I have cast myself in the role of helping this conversation along. I hope I can make myself be known to you with the same honesty as I'm experiencing from listening to your stories. Everybody here can rightfully be called an outsider or a foreigner, a person who finds himself in unknown territory. All of you have been running away from difficult circumstances and made choices that brought misery to your lives. This is also true about me. One of the reasons that I am here is because I'm looking for reasons to keep on living. I left my wife and two small children, my parents and most of my friends, to come to look for myself in New York City. I burned most of the bridges behind me and I see no way back. I am alone and lonely, just like all of us here. I struggle with a relationship to myself, feeling of hopelessness often overwhelm me. But I don't think I will be able to live with myself if I give up on hope for a better future. There were reasons to break up from my life as I knew it, but the deepest reason was my numbness mixed with chaotic emotions. I was choking on my formless anxiety. Having come here a year ago, I still live in fear of losing my mind without anything to hold on to. I have this idea that I am hanging from a cliff on the tip of my fingers, afraid of letting go and not knowing how far I will fall. A few months ago, one late evening, near the hotel where I have been staying, I walked past an entrance to a house, and there, draped over a stairway, was a suit, shirt, tie, hat, and shoes. I was convinced that I had physically been in this suit and left. When I came back to the shabby hotel room, I looked in the mirror and I screamed. Who was I looking at? The screams were so loud that somebody called the police thinking that someone was being murdered. The fear of losing my mind is real even as I speak. I came to the mission with the hope of being of some use but secretly I'm also here to confront the fear of losing my mind with no hope to come back to anything at all. Here I would meet people who felt that they lost everything. Perhaps I could understand what brings people to desperate circumstances and to learn what to do and not to do. Listening to your stories, I am suddenly meeting myself. I have come to understand how others look at their lives, and through your honesty, you are helping me to face myself in a way that's hard to put words to. I'm getting tired of listening to the different stories that I'm telling myself to explain my inner misery. The stories just don't sound right, but I don't know what else to lean on right now. The last thing I want to say is that I am hoping to get to a place where I can take 100% responsibility for my own life and the choices I have made. I long for a life that is joyful and confident. Do I have the courage to look pain straight in the eyes and not back off? I have enough resources to keep me floating for a near future, but soon I need to find a way to make a living. What that life will look like right now is hidden in the clouds. This is all I have to say for now. David continues after a short pause. The voice is not with me now, and I can talk straight from what I think is my own mind. I do agree that I need to confront the choices I have made. Is there redemption in fully accepting our situations? Should I be seeking the truth, or only search for the way that leads there? Can we let go and allow the hope for a better life to emerge, right here and now? I'm Jewish. I was born in a religious Orthodox family. As I am looking at the picture of the Virgin Mary lovingly caring for the dead body of Jesus, I must admit that I feel strangely excluded from God's atonement for mankind. Is it possible that the real cause of my misery relates to the fact that my people, the Jewish people, gave Jesus to the Romans to die in the most horrible way? The sisters have received me with open hearts, and I feel some kind of hope in the way they see me. Right now, I feel safe with you all. Carlos, I don't have a good answer to your doubts about me. How do I take responsibility when the voice deprives me of the will to resist what I am being told to do? Truthfully, I know that I am entering some world that is not there, and yet it's real that madness drives me mad, and I feel naked and defenseless. Sorry for being so blunt and emotional, but I don't know what else to say. I don't know who I am. Right this minute, I'm sure that you all want me dead, because it is obvious that I am in conversation with the devil. David looks down at the table while tears are running down his face, and signals with his hand, that he is unable to continue. Sergei clears his throat and speaks slowly. I need to reflect on what I hear about the choices we have made with serious consequences as a result. I went to Uzbekistan thinking that all in the Soviet Union was streamlined and uniformed. I could act in Tashkent the same way I was acting in Moscow. If I had taken the time to understand the Muslim culture, I could have been happily working at my university now, but instead I find myself as a bum on the streets of New York City. The virginity of Nasir was a bridge to relationships with other families, and with that link taken away, her family lost their rudder. My ignorance is the real reason for being here. I have this feeling that I raped Nasir we'd had consensual sex. Some of us have entered the stream of life without thinking ahead. Others anxiously plan and try to foresee all possible consequences of any action. Most of us are not equipped to respond to random and chaotic events. And when life shakes us, we tend to act as chicken without heads and I for one need to become a person that is able to think before acting. So here I am in the country of free speech and the pursuit of individual freedom and happiness and all I can think is that I have ended up in a solitary confinement in a gigantic open-air jail. I am homesick and I want to go back to Russia, get drunk and complain about the misery of standing in stupid lines. Sergei laughs briefly to cover up his sadness and then slowly shakes his head and I decide to share what comes up in my mind. I would like to tell you some of the experiences I have when listening to your stories. I seem to have a gift to see others, but I have been told that I am not very good at seeing myself. I am in a battle with my inner ghosts, and they almost never show their faces to me. Someone told me that people who are not satisfied with who they are are the ones who are driven to greatness, but if that is true, the price for greatness is too much for me to pay. I hesitate to tell you what I suddenly saw because it is against my rational self. Listening to you this morning, a beautiful angel entered the room. I think that the angel has come as a sign of hope and she's holding her wings over us. I'm not really religious like that, but I do see the angel, and I am amazed. Where do we go from here? Joseph says, Before talking about where to go next, I want to agree with you, Lars. I feel the angel's presence, and she's come to help. I'm brought up as a Christian, so I have heard and read about angels all my life. And now, an angel has come to visit. Let us honor her presence and let this moment be long and helpful. To sit here and feel safe after facing death in this city is something I want to behold. When fear has no room, freedom fills the void. I can say that I don't want this moment to stop now. David says, Yes. The angel is moving in the spaces between us, and I hope that she will use her divine power to conquer the evil voice and my impulse to run away from this room. I am so torn inside, and the truth is that I must use every ounce of willpower to stay here with you. I do not want to stay, but I must. Sergei stands up and says, I'm sad to say that I see no angel here. We don't have them in the Soviet Union, so that may be why she is not visible to me. But if the angel is the magic of a group of people who tell their stories with their truth and accepting each other with open hearts, then I too see the angel. For me, there is no divine force, but I hope that we will have the willpower to step out of the hard conditions that we have helped life to create. Now I'm feeling some irrational glimmer of hope for change. I don't deserve to be a drifter in New York City. I have no idea what will happen next, but the sense of connection with you all has some mysterious energy that I would like to understand more about. Kevin says, I will always remember this place and this moment where I told you my secret that has been buried under a lid of guilt and shame. The experience of being here means a lot, and I am watching you all with amazement. No one of you here has turned you back to me. I have not fallen further into hell by revealing this cruel story about me. Today I started to climb a ladder with no end in sight, but I am climbing. I will not go back to my hometown to be forgiven, nor do I want to be with people who say that they have found the only truth. condemning everybody else to hell i don't know where the ladder leads but for sure if i continue to steal for drugs and alcohol the climb will be unsafe and i need to be strong right now carlos jumps in at this point and says in my country angels are everywhere and we even give boys and girls names after angels so i have no problem to see the angel in this room She came here because we invited her here. She carries a sword which she will use against our demons. That is her promise if we help her. My religious upbringing lets me know this, and for that I am grateful. Even after we all part and go our ways, I want to keep this angel at my side to watch over me. I just need to find out what I have to do for her to stay with me. As the session draws to an end, I decide to make some kind of summary of what has been said around the table this morning. I think that all of us here, including myself, are looking to deepen our understanding of choices we've made. Have I allowed guilt and shame to take the place of purpose and playfulness? It is true that many of us have put our own sense of right and wrong to the side and done things most people have come to think of as a derailment from a civilized life. Sometimes I try to imagine how I would experience my life when I have come to peace with myself. Clearly, I do need to take responsibility for my situation and stop myself when I shake my fist at the heavens. I must have the courage to simply look straight at myself, and I'm not sure that I have ever done that or that I even know how to do that. For you, Carlos, I am moved by how you describe your journey to some very dark places. Your openness is a big step forward and your decision to change things seems genuine to me. You tell us that you let the bottle confuse your mind and you even forgot that you have a profession. Now perhaps you can think of yourself as a good plumber and give up the bottle. Maybe you can find people to support your decision to start a new life and increase the devotion to something beyond yourself. I am not the one to guide you here, but if you want, I will make an appointment with one of the sisters I know, and perhaps she can be with you for a while. She is a genuine person, always willing to help. All I know is that change is both difficult and possible, but I am sure that faith in religion or anything larger than yourself brings up thoughts that the ordinary mind cannot perceive." With the motivation that you are expressing, there is only one way, and that's up. Perhaps you can start here in this building to do some needed plumbing improvements. For you, Sergei, perhaps there is a way to come back to your academic job. Why not talk to the people at the New York City University if you can somehow get your Russian academic credentials sent over here? David, I have met some Franciscan friars, lovingly called the Johns, who run a hotel for homeless people downtown Manhattan. I happen to know them a bit. They treat people with dignity and provide a good life for folks in need. To pay the rent in the hotel, you must allow the government to give you the pension you have the right to receive as a war veteran. We can help you with the paperwork, and there is no reason for you to be afraid of the government. For you, Joseph, my friend Jane knows some Dominican friars in lower Manhattan who need some upgrade of their building, and perhaps we can connect you to them and see if we can find a job for you. No promise, but we can try. Kevin, you need to find yourself and perhaps you need some more help to come out of what you describe as hell. Why not speak to the sisters and learn to look at yourself as an individual who deserves love. These nuns know a lot about both heaven and hell and I am sure that they will find a way to support you so you can contact the Veteran Administration here in New York. Tomorrow morning I invite some of the sisters. I will summarize your stories and we can listen to what they have to say to us. No one can force any religion or ideology on any of us but I think their experience can help us deepen our perspectives of a possible future. Let us stop here and decide to meet tomorrow morning for a continuation of our conversation. I think we need some time to reflect and absorb what has happened here this morning to all of us. Thank you.